spirit springs into action, his enemies scatter. His adversaries run from him, and as smoke is driven away by the wind, so you'll drive them away. As wax melts before a fire, so the wicked are destroyed before a God. Above the God we are happy. They rejoice before God. They're overcome with joy. Sing to God. Sing praises to His name. Let's give exaltation to the one who is the cloud rider. The Lord Yahweh is His name. Rejoice. Rejoice before Him. He is the Father to the fatherless. And He's an advocate for the widow. God rules from His holy powers. God settles those who have been deserted into their own homes. He's freeing the prisoner. He's granting the prisoner prosperity. Sinful rebels, they live in the desert. Oh God, when you lead your people into battle, when they march through the desert, Selah. The earth is reverberating. Yes, the heavens are pouring down the rain. Before the God, the God of Sinai. Before you, O Lord, the God of Israel. Oh God, you cause these abundant showers to fall down on your chosen people. We say you're the one who rains down in glory. Even though, Lord, many of us have been tired. We've been through a lot, Lord. You're our sustainer. You're Emmanuel. You come to live among us and hang out with us. You set yourself in the dwelling place in the community. sustain us in our oppression even with good blessings oh God the Lord speaking many many women spread the good news kings leading armies they run away they run away the lovely lady of the house divides up the loot. When the Lord lies down in the sheepfold, the wings of the dove are covered with silver and with the green gold. When the sovereign judge scatters kings, 
Let the snow fall on Zalmar. The mountain of Bashan is a towering mountain. The mountain of Bashan is a mountain with many peaks. Why do you look with envy, O mountains with many peaks, at the mountain where God had decided to live? Even the Lord. He's decided that he wants to live among his people in permanency. God has countless chariots numbering in the thousands. The Lord's coming down from Sinai in holy splendor. Descended on high, Lord. You've taken us out of captivity. You're receiving our tribute. Even sinful rebels will give you tribute. That's the place where the Lord lives. deserves our praise. You're the most excellent one deserving of all the praise. Come church. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord with me, all ye saints. All ye heavenly
you people are transformed. Listen to the word of the Lord. Let the desert and the dry region be happy. Let the wilderness rejoice and bloom like a lily. Let it richly bloom. Let it rejoice and shout with delight. It has been given the grandeur of Lebanon and the splendor of Carmel, Carmel and Sharon. And they will see the grandeur of the Lord. The splendor of our God. And here it is. Strengthen the hands that have gone limp. Steady your knees, even if they're shaking. Strengthen your hands that have gone limp. And steady the knees that shake. And he says this, tell those if you're experiencing panic, be strong. Be strong and do not fear. Look, 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 look. Your God comes to avenge. And with divine retribution, he's coming. And he comes now to deliver you. The blind eyes he will open. And deaf ears will hear. And the lame will leap like an ear. The mute tongue will shout for joy. For waters flowing in the desert. Streams in the wilderness. The dry soil. Oh, it's becoming a pool of water. And the parched ground. Springs of water. And where jackals had once lived and sprawled out, grass, reeds, and papyrus will grow. A thoroughfare is there for you. It's called the way of holiness. The unclean will not travel on it, for it's reserved for those authorized to use it. Fools will not be able to stray into it. No lions will be there. No ferocious wild animals will be on it. They will not be found there. Those delivered from bondage. Those who are born out of exile. They will travel on it. And those whom the Lord has ransomed will return that way. That way. That way. That way is Zion. Shout! Yeah. Shout for the Lord! Shout to the Lord!
never-ending joy is your crown. Set it on your head. Never-ending joy. Immersed in the delight of a father. My crown is unending joy. Everlasting joy. He found in you. Sovereign one, great one. Happiness and joy is your reward. The overwhelming joy of the Lord and the grief and the suffering. No more. Joy. Joy unspeakable. Joy. 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 Joy and sweet joy for the glory. What is better than you? Crown us, Lord.
back now for pardon. If, if you're dealing with something that's you're dealing with some guilt or you're dealing with something in your past that's bothering you and it just keeps on turning over and turning around on you, I want to give you the opportunity this morning. I mean, if you want to, you can come forward. The Lord's telling me, he said, I will pardon uh, today, even out of the court of the Lord, uh, to set at liberty those who have been in captivity related to just things that we've been dealing with we, for a clear conscience. If you're dealing with something or it's been bothering you, you won't pardon. Just come stand up here and say, I need pardon. Hey, I need pardon. I'll say, Lord, I want to be pardoned myself. This opportunity, just a clean slate. I'm just coming forward. I want to just make a clean slate with the Lord. I don't want anything. I don't want to, you know, like my dad used to say, I don't want to get like a fly speck between me and the Lord. Anything that we've had, this is whatever. The Lord's granting pardon. Now we know He's granted us at the cross already. But just an agreement today uh, for your freedom. Uh, freedom from sin. Uh, freedom from guilt from the past. Freedom from wrongdoing. I just want to be set at liberty. Oh, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood. We thank you that you pardon us of every iniquity, every tribe, everything, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the blood. And we proclaim the efficacy of the blood. Cover us in the blood. And train us in the blood. And clean us and purify us into holiness, holiness and purity. Oh, yes, Lord, I thank you, Lord. Oh, you're the great forgiver. Oh, you don't hold a grudge. You don't hold things against us. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your pardon, Lord.
Lord wants to grant to take the idle words and turn them into something transformative. Uh, to take what's been said it's not been right, it's been misfunction, it's come out of a wrong time and it's been misplaced. I want to take the idle words the Lord said, give you something better in replacement for those. I'm going to give you my word. The Lord can do this. He can take He can take what's been unjust and unwrong and, and change it. And change the very nature of how it's framing the future that's sitting in front of you. And so for idle words, in the name of Jesus, we receive your pardon. And we receive more, even out of that. Uh, no guilt, but that you would take those words and put your word in our mouth and change even in the past the things that have not been said that are right to frame the future a future that is bright a future that's filled with joy and hope a future that's new and good and holy and filled with joy oh we proclaim Lord your pardon over our mouths
Open wide, open wide.
read to you Psalms 19 as I'm standing up here receive Psalms 19 from the Lord and then Richard Nolan texts me Psalms 19 so we have a double connotation from the Lord speaking uh, to us the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows and proclaims his handiwork day after day pours forth speech and night after night shows forth knowledge there is no speech nor spoken word from the stars that their voice is not heard. Yet their voice is evidence and goes out through all the earth, their sayings to the end of the world. Of the heavens has God made a tent for the sun. It is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, rejoicing as a strong man to run his course. His goings forth is from the end of the heavens, its circuit to the ends of it. And nothing, yes, no one, is hidden from the heat of it. The law of the Lord is perfect and restores us wholly as a whole person, a whole people. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. The reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true in righteousness altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, reminded, illuminated, instructed, and keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his lapses and his errors? Clear me. Clear us from hidden faults. Those even that are unconscious. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sin. Let them not be even have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. Then I shall be innocent and clear of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord. You're my firm. You're my impenetrable rock. I say, Lord,
things
hearts and it pours out onto your Turn to the Father Here we are, children of you Oh, Yahweh And our affection, our devotion Pour out on the feet of Jesus and our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus, our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of like a cave and it's dark and uh, people keep going in and out of that cave and I'm getting closer and I realize it's uh, like a gigantic hand this is the thumb this is the forefinger and this is the plane this is the darkness that we keep going back into 
And the Lord said, my people just want forgiveness. And they hear it in terms of forgiven. But they keep going back and forth into the cave. And I feel like the Lord in going with Carol's word of pardon is the Lord wants to plow over the caves. And he wants to go through the contents of the caves with us and name all those dark places so that we don't keep going into hiding. So he wants the fullness of forgiveness, not just forgiven, but forgiving. So when the thought or the memory or the picture or the accusation comes to mind, we hear the word of the Lord, which is in the process of forgiving because we are fully forgiven. So I just want to show that picture. something that goes with that and it's just a confirmation and uh, in Revelation 3 um, uh, Jesus is, is uh, talking to the lukewarm church and um, uh, he says uh, those I love I chasten therefore be zealous and repent and then he says I stand at the door and knock anyone who would hear my voice and open up the door, I would come in and dine with him, and he with me. Uh, and I know this, I've meditated on this a lot, but uh, I realize that, um, you know, we do have a tendency of uh, shutting the door of God, you know, like we don't, you know, feel like, like we're ready to receive God, we're sinful, or we're downcast, or whatever, that we'll keep the door shut. Why would... You know, the Lord is saying, I'm, I'm really asking to come in, but you're refusing me. You're not, you're not opening the door. And we know that actually God could just go through the door, but there's, there's something about that we're given permission for the Lord to, to come in to um, a deep place. I believe it's that, that is a, the gate of a heart, that, that place of knowing. And um, he wants to... Um, to dine with us, that we would be fed by him, and and uh, and that we would be in that, you know, having fellowship with him, and uh, but again, you know, this this that this in and out where we shut the door. Okay, God, I'll I'll, I'll be back with you. Open the door, and and we can, you know, he loves me, loves me not, sort of this kind of thing. And I realized as I, I was praying that. Um, the heck with that door. And I want, I said, I, Lord, I want to just take the hinges off that door. Why? why? I, I don't want that there. So what do you think we should do with the door? What do you think we should do with the door that's, that we take off the hinges so we actually just take it off? What? Surfing, we could surf on it and leave it in the ocean, let it fly away. We could burn it. We could get rid of it. So that there's nothing that's a, that what we could make a table. We could make a table. But that there's that's that separation that we have. That that 
that sort of going in and out, that that's not the case. Because really what God wants to do is he wants to minister to us. He wants to bring light to whatever situation. He wants to feed us. He wants to strengthen us. And, you know, for some reason we want to do it on our own or away from him. So uh, I think there's a barrier that we can unhinge in the spirit. And he would um, enjoy that. today and um, the nature of today's events, you know, I'm going to do my best with this, but um, help, Lord. <laughs> and this is what he said to me, and then we'll, we'll attempt to unpack this because everything's off the cuff, everything's pioneering, everything's brand new. Everything that's happening here is, we haven't done it before. So interacting with him and relating with him in the context even of this message that he would speak um, and authorize this message and then it would be what the Lord would have to say. And so, so much of what we're doing then, and you know, I was telling Stephen, he said, you ready? I said, well, I'm just gonna wing it like you do. You know, because that's what we do every week. We get in here and it's just, Let's go for it, and and um, and you can and I yeah I believe that's possibly the way the word wants things to be done, and we just don't know, and uh, we're we're vulnerable as people, we're dependent, and that's the model, that's the model of Christianity, and that's the model of the leadership style that you know brought into after what nine nine or yeah nine attempts at church planting this work is that's the model. That's the only one that the Lord will accept is a people dependent and vulnerable because that takes us back and then we partake of the tree of life. And then uh, that life comes in and operates through us. That's, you know, proverbially taking the door off and going unhinged and, and setting a table with Janie in the midst of our enemy. And that's how you do that. I mean, if you want to go unhinged, y'all want to go unhinged? Let's just go unhinged. Right, I mean, why be, again, something other than quake-reversal? What is quake-reversal? It's a fixed point that can go in any direction, so everything's an option. That's an unhinged life. It's a life that is not patterned or boxed in by a preconceived idea or thought process or an experience that previously was up to it, but is totally relating um, with the Lord. This has been the Lord's desire all along and this is what he had with Adam and Eve before um, the fall. He had an unhinged relationship with them that was not any limitation on it. It was always dynamic relatability um, as he interacted with them they were able to move freely. Again, quick reversal from any point um, radiating out with light. This is God's desire 
for us. And so maybe what I'll do is because the reason why I'm standing here is when the Lord began to shift our events over from, we had a seven part section called Starcaster Blaster. And then we had a seven part series called um, Star Cluster Imperium. <laughs> Thank you. And now we're in Starfield Astrocyte. And I, you know, I, I asked the Lord, I said, what is this? Because I'm, I don't know these words. I'm literally listening to the Holy Spirit. And he's like, this is the way I want to represent. This is what I want to say to my people. I'm like, you very peculiar way of talking. He's, you're going to switch over from P's to Q's. And uh, be on your P's and Q's is awesome. Thank God for his righteousness that can put us in the proper P's and Q's. <laughs> Starfield Astrocyte. Uh, just fascinating because he says, you know, the Starcaster Blaster, that goes in your left hand. And, the, you know, the Star Cluster Imperium, that's the right hand of man. Because I made mankind to guard with your Starcaster Blaster and cultivate with your Star Cluster Imperium. I made you to plant and I made you to guard. And so I'm going to restore man back. And so these letters, what they are, is they're a restorative pattern from the Lord in the way he created the human soul to put people back out of exile, out of east of Eden, and enter us back into the garden, give us the equipment that was lost with Adam and Eve, that second Adam was paid for, so we could operate like we're meant to. You know, when Starchild ended X2M 144, I thought, that's the greatest thing you've ever done. It's produced a star child. And now you want to put a Starcaster blaster in a kid's hand. <laughs> We're not supposed to give a gun to a kid. <laughs> Anyways. I, mean, I, I want to put back into my people the original design that I created you for so that you can properly have guardianship and proper cultivation. Um, this is a restoration back to Eden land, Asheville originally called. But uh, back to, uh, out of exile, back to restoration. So you hear these fanciful terms in the Q class. You're like, what is he talking about? Maybe that helps. I don't know. Because I don't even know what I'm doing. But I know that the Lord is saying these things. I'm, this is incredible. And so when we got into Starfield Astrocyte, I was like, what is that? And he's like, I, I want you to begin to understand the nature of the human mind. So I'm going to work with your hands, and then I'm going to work with your mind. Starfield Astrocyte is the way the Lord relates to us by um, his divine providence, uh, how he relates to us as human beings in our gray matter from, let's say, dark matter. The way that he interacts. And so this seven-part series of cues are an interactive model that the Lord has built for it to restore what was fallen in relationship to how the mind of Christ relates uh, with us in our um, physical body how, how and put it back together right and so again one of the first words the first words in our series in a Starfield Astrocyte series that was X to M159 was quake reversal Understanding this, that, and, and many of you know this, man is so much so pinned down into his own conscious understanding of the way things should be or 
the way he wants them to be or what he wants or desires or what, whatever. And it gets us locked up into some kind of fixated, uh, fixed point type uh, orientation. And I, I brought this out, I think, at Quaker Verse. So I don't remember, actually. but And this is just an example of this. That when you're looking at Genesis 13, and this, y'all know Genesis 13 off the top of your head? Okay. Genesis 13, Lot and Abraham. There, there's a conflict between the two men because of the size of their uh, property and, the, and their, um, cert, the people that work for them and their families. And also not only that, but their resources are starting to infringe upon each other and they're needing a way to deal with their two set entities, their families. And so in short, and, and many of you know this story, God's give a promise to Abram in Genesis 12 and to Sarah of inheriting the promised land and he's taking Lot or long for the ride. And, and so Abram, being the kind of man he is, goes to Lot and says, listen, you pick out of this whole environment, even though it's in Abram's land right and provision, what you, what you want. And so he, um, Lot, it says, uh, cast his eyes east towards Sodom. And he, he gets fixated into like one, you know, say vector or degree, or a place. He locks in on I was a weapon system officer at Air Force, and we flew vectors a lot because, you know, you'll run a 270, and, and you know, then you'll go 3289 or whatever, and then you'll come, whatever, around to 090 or whatever. You fly vectors, and you, you have to to get where you're going. Because if you don't, you're, you're going to get off route. And that was a big thing in navigation. You, you navigate you know, accordingly off of these uh, highways in the sky that we flew on our charts to get to a, a, a point. And we were flying down low and fast. And um, our purpose was to put bombs on target at a particular time window. This, it, was, it was really important that we got in the right direction. And so understanding that, when Lot looks towards Sodom, he's, he's setting a one-directional approach that this is where I want to go. And, and it says, and he set his eyes on the plain of Sodom, and, uh, and he, he wanted it or wanted that one-directional thing. And so Abram, he goes to the Lord and it says, and he lifted up his eyes. And the Lord speaks to him and he says to him, and from the north, the south, and the east, and the west, everything that is in... Uh, this radius um, and cardinal direction, every cardinal direction is yours. Now you can see why quake reversal is important that we adopt this sort of lifestyle of not uh, fixating into, into one component direction that we go ahead and allow ourselves to be highly fluid or adjustable, not pinned down in one direction. And unless the Lord, word of the Lord comes to us. And so, in quake reversal again is this I could go here you know I could go here I could be here I could go there and again this gets at what Tom is saying is taking off the hinge Jamie is saying about the cave what it's done for us and you listen to last week's event is this brought us into a hindrance point because in, instead of being free uh, uh, retreating back into what is comfortable safe and I, I pointed this out last week 
um, the shadow self, retreating back into the shadow, retreating back into what we have felt like we're comfortable in or even though we don't like it, going back there because we're afraid. Nor said, no, come out here. Trust me. Come out away from the cave. Come with the door unhinged. And let's do this thing. Because every option could be an option. But we don't know. And so I believe sin essentially, sin essentially is attempting to fix a point and a direction towards something we may desire or want to go towards instead of like waiting on the Lord. Um, uh, Genesis 49, 15, you guys can check me on this, or 16, um, speaking of uh, Dan, it says, and for your salvation I wait, O Lord. And so in, in a quake reversal is this place of, of sit orientation. It's a wait, and I'm waiting for uh, positioning, and so that is the nature of the way your brain your brain is meant to interact with the mind of Christ. Secondly, uh, X2 and 160 qualia. And because what you're doing, and this happened today, and it's demonstrated in front of you with uh, uh, Richard Nolan, and even Steve, Stephen and I many times, I literally will hum the melody that he will play. I mean, I don't know how many times that's happened. Or I'll, the Lord will speak a word to me and he'll say the exact same words in the worship. Today, Richard, knowing Psalms 19, before he sends that to me, the words like Psalms 19, I'm sitting there waiting on the Lord to get the double connotation. What? What are we waiting for in quake reversal? What are we waiting for? And this is a very good example. We're waiting on a double connotation. We're not going to move until the word of the Lord comes to us and reveals something that has a double match. Deuteronomy, um, I think it's 19. It could be a different one. But it says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So here I am in, I've come out of my cave. I'm unhinged. I'm quake reversal. Everything's an option except sin. You know, And anything that, that faith is anything that's not sin. So I'm in full faith. I'm in full trust. I'm putting my confidence in the Lord. Again, all right, whatever option, qualia. I'm looking, my mind, this starfield astrocyte that I have, it's looking, observing. Where's he at? I'm on tracking. This is what is demonstrating you every week here. This is the way our, fa- this is the way our family lives our life now. This is trained this way by the Holy Spirit. Waiting on the double connotation before movement. Waiting on the Lord to speak. Waiting to get. That is a double proof encounter. And then I'm going to begin to examine it. To look at the qualia. Uh, to look at the double connotation. Then we move into X2M 161. The, the uh, uh, quiddity. And because in, in quiddity is like the idea with quiddity would be. It is the what that was to be. It's an examination that you're doing on, does this match? Does this match with, in my interpretation, because I'm going to begin to interpret. Now, here's the thing about quiddity, and it it leads into um, uh, last week, Poseidium. Is in quiddity, uh, the what that was to be, there has to be like a sense of 
uh, in the qualia is this does this match or have a let's say and some of you you'll feel this when the presence of the Lord comes on you and like confirms what he's uh, revealing to you you'll feel his presence this sense of deep rest and peace it's not anxiety it's not um, uh, it's not a tightness it's not uh, a fierceness it's not a I gotta push through and make this happen it's this deep settling rest that comes into your soul is like a peace that comes to you that you just you know that you know and this this needs to happen in our in our uh, mind and relating to things that that we can't just move off of that because we're we're waiting that the revelation that we're receiving in the again in the quality of the double connotation is there a match with uh, a peace? Does it settle right with us? Is it the what that was to be? The what that was to be sounds like a very odd thing to say. Why? Because it's something that's coming outside of your time and space orientation. It's, it's something that matches that heaven is speaking. That's meant to relate to earth. And you'll hear me say it's where the celestial is to connecting to the terrestrial. So it may be odd. Do y'all think that uh, you probably think the name Starfield Astrocytes odd, don't you? It's peculiar, isn't it? And all these keywords, and it's odd. And I think the Lord is purposefully doing it. He's making an example of that when He's speaking to us, that it's not all coming off with even a vernacular, even a historical narrative that you can match with uh, sometimes, or you have language to put around. It's sort of it's sort of a head scratching event, and I I'm going to say that I believe the Father really enjoys the what that was to be and the quiddity. He enjoys the questioning that creates a dynamic of relationship with Him. He's purposefully I I believe almost I don't say chiding us, but He's purposefully like a good father would be that tells his rhymes and riddles. Or daddies do that a lot of times. They, uh, Tom does this. Uh, my dad has done all kinds of riddles growing up. Is really baiting us into relationship. So what in the world is he doing? I, I don't understand. He's like, good. I, I didn't want you to understand exactly. Because if you previously understood, it wouldn't be a quidia. It wouldn't be relatable in a sense that it's something new. We as children, we love, uh, we love that experience. And we as adults do too. If you're truthful, uh, our culture is inundated with entertainment and everything trying to uh, tell us that that's where life is, that's where life is. And the Father is like, no, I've got a much better narrative going in an exciting life that is not boring. I mean, if anything I've learned of the Father is He is not boring at all. And, you know... Someone says, well, I'm bored. It's like, go seek the Lord. It's like, how do you do that? Well, here it is. And and in the relating, though, comes this dynamic of, I don't know, I don't understand. Oh, my goodness, I feel awkward. You know, it's, it's okay. I'll let your, allow yourself to play. Allow yourself to be a child again. Because, I mean, you can't enter this kingdom unless you are a star child. I mean, you can't enter in this way. And I mean, basically all this is, is how a kid plays. I mean, that's what it is. It's the restoration back to youthfulness. 
the restoration back to a childlike nature. That's the Lord. So he's, um, you know, kids, ch- children, they don't know how to speak when they're first born. They come out, and you know, they don't know how to form intelligible words. They, they're trying to relate to us and say things to us. They don't know what they're saying. We have to interpret them. There's something enjoyable about that in a child. I think the Lord's the same way. Let's give them quidia. <laughs> they're just laughing. <laughs> you know, quake reversal. Let's give him an odd name and see what he does with it. You know, he doesn't even know what it means. Okay, well, that's good. The relationship is building. The relational dynamic is, interaction is starting to happen. And it's fun. You get kind of hooked on it. You get hooked on, I want the next double quality encounter. Because the Lord is, I want to relate from heaven to you of the what that was to be and bring that into your life. Uh, I don't want you fixated and pinned down, headed east out of Eden when we could have this huge dynamic thing going every day. I want a dynamic. Don't focus in on this. And many of you know this. Uh, we've got fixated on things and got ourselves pinned down into ideas and concepts. And usually that creates a, a deeply dry individual and they're boring to be around and, and they say the same thing every time you meet them. And it's aggravating, really. I was telling our family over dinner last night that I just we were talking about this one unique family member. His name's uh, Phil Duck, and he is the neatest person to me. He's got some of the most oddest things he says. I mean, he just he says the most craziest things. But I was telling my family because everybody kind of looks at him like this. I was like, that guy has more going on than you realize. Uh, he is one odd duck. <laughs> But I mean, he's exciting to be around because you don't know what you're getting into every time you talk to him. And um, he's fun to be around. And so we can look at him like the oddball, and I'm like, no, he's the normal ball. <laughs> That's the good duck. That's the duck you want to hang out with. Let's go find all the odd ducks and hang out together, right? That's all we are. <laughs> there you go. We got a quacking duck uh, over here. So it's it's nice to it's nice. I think the Lord enjoys that. I think He enjoys the difference and the uniqueness and the oddness of the way He made us. That we don't need to conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. To be renewed in the Lord and renewed according to the Word was dynamic. And so we get into Quasadium last week, and this I go through automastics with you, which is the language of naming. And we talked about, um, I believe it was alethonyms and orthonyms, right? And correct me if I'm wrong because I don't remember, but I think an orthonym was like a pseudo-self. Is that right? Did you get this right? Well, let me look up my notes here. It's an orthonym. An orthonym. Is that right? (laughs) I'm asking also. Oh, okay. Here, I'm going to read this to you because if you weren't here last week, but... um, Okay, in onomastics, it's the study of the etymology, the history of a proper name. And alethonym is the true name of an individual which is distinguished from a pseudonym. And an orthonym is the real name of a person but using a pseudonym. And, and the point that's being made here is the Lord was saying to me that so many of my people are actually living out of a pseudonym. A pseudonym. They're living out of a false identity, out of a false idea of who they are that's created by culture, 
um, created by historical um, upbringing, uh, raising, different, uh, you know, different dispositions. I want you to come into your alethanim, uh, your true name. That's what the Lord wants. He wants a, the true name of who we really are, not a pseudonym, but who our true self is. And so when we're looking at uh, quiddity and then we're looking at uh, quisadium, the Lord's looking and will come and bring an agreement with the true self. So the what that was to be relates to that which is truly us. Here's the thing. The celestial will create a, a conflict with the terrestrial. They're, they'll be in contradiction to one another. So it's, again, it's possible to be quake reversal. It's possible to get the qualia. Okay? It's possible to see the what that was to be. But then to come in to uh, out of the quidiot, to come into this quasadium, and there to be this rub. This rub of what is celestial and what is terrestrial relating back to us because it's a, it's a material transformational uh, transaction of God's own nature being uh, downloaded into yours and mine. This is the nature of Quisadium is the Lord seeking for a place to rest in us in relating to us by this material. Now, this is fascinating to me. I... Because this isn't just intellectual, meaning that this isn't just an intellectual exercise. This is a transformative experience with the Lord. Star, Starfield Astrocyte is, is like that. It's an installation uh, program. Uh, maybe not an installation program, but it's a way to receive uh, material from God, the Godhead, into your very being and be transfigured by it. It's a, it's a downloadable material from the Lord. There's, a, again, like there can be a, a block between that which is celestial and that which is terrestrial. The Lord is looking for rest and that there would be a, a way that it would integrate into us. There's a, a word in the Greek called a homologeia. Um, homo means uh, the same. Legeo means uh, word. It comes from logos or the word. And, and so in homo legeo, what we do is, it, what that means is to say the same thing or to say the same word. To uh, make an agreement. Because in, in this transition here of the what that was to be, which is appertained, is that the right word? brought in from the heavens that I'm receiving from him. He doesn't just want the revelation to be, again, intellectual into my mind. He wants to in, uh, encode by nature to match the way he's representing himself through the qualia. The double connotation that you're receiving is, again, not just revelation for material or for intellectual stimulation or just for emotional Upfit. I mean, I'm sure that your feelings get, your emotions get impacted by the worship here. I'm sure, hopefully, that your minds are challenged. But really, what what the Lord was looking for when He called His house a house of prayer, when the Lord had His church, what He was wanting was a star-filled astrocyte. He wanted a place of transfer of the Father's nature into us. And he wanted it where it would integrate with one another. 
a concept. He wanted to restore his people back to wholeness. He wasn't interested in just a form of religion and, uh, and just getting yourself intellectually stimulated or emotionally uh, profoundly moved. He wanted to come in into our midst with real material life and give it to you. Literally in this ministry, he had told me, you're not successful if that doesn't happen. You might as well close up shop. Because if there's not a transformation in these people, you need to quit. If there's no fruit being born in their life, then you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. That means, and I learned something from him, that means that those of us who are in leadership, our true self has to be manifest also. But you can't, you can't talk about something and it not be real to you. It has to be the, the reality has to be real in the life that you're living. But why? Because the Lord is looking for this. He's, he's looking for a place where he can rest with where the, this true self and his self are having integration through this revelation. So the quasadium is, is I'm seeking for a place where I can have agreement where I can get agreement and I can glom myself on to your persona. I, mean, I, don't, know, I don't know what else to say. I don't, I don't know how to say it. You know, sanctification, progressive. I like instantaneous sanctification myself. I don't know about y'all. Just do the whole thing. You can't see my face and live, he told Moses. You know, I was, I was reading up there earlier because I said, what is, what is today about you know, you can't see my face and live, but he spoke to Moses face to face. I mean, how does that work? I don't know if I fully got the answer to this, but I think what it was was the Lord, if he would have fully upgraded Moses all at one time, no one would have understood the guy. He wouldn't even have been relatable to his generation. They already were scared half out of their wits from him anyways. He had to put a veil over his face to cover himself up because he was such an oddball. I mean, what males got a veil over their face? I only saw women do that, <laughs> first of all. I mean, that's kind of an odd thing. You know, he's covering his face with a veil. I mean, he, he was already so changed celestially. What if, he, what if the Lord would have come to him like in a full face-on encounter? He would have so transfigured his material being. Well, he may have been like Enoch. He may have just was and was not. And I think the Lord was saying to him, you know, and I know the Lord said this to me. He says, if I come to you like you're asking me to, this was 12 years ago, uh, you'd be dead because <laughs> of the sin in your life. It'd just kill you flat. I was like, oh, well, we better take this a little slower. <laughs> I don't want to die right now. That's what we're going to do. We're going to take it a little slower. So I think that's what he meant with Moses because he's speaking to him parabolically. I think like he's speaking to us through P's and Q's, He's taking his time with us. We're agreeing with him and then he's integrating himself into our life. That's what you're experiencing in the place of agreement. So again, Tom and Janie, thank you. Don't run back to the place that seems safe and retreat back. Come out into the Starfield Astrocyte Research Laboratory or Laboratory is. What do you say? You know? That you become the Lord's guinea, the guinea uh, person, <laughs> or skinny person. Uh, 
you've come back in. You're you're in part with him in um, a research laboratory of um, an automatic shift, a transformation in yourself that is being changed and being created and made into something new. All right. So today's word. So we got a context. So we excuse me. So we have a context. Quantiz, quantiz. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. But this is what I was on my way over here. I still don't fully understand what's going on myself, trying to catch up with the word. And I hear this in my head. Quant, I see. And I thought that's interesting. So quant, I see, out of quasadium. And I'm just going to share with you the way the Lord said it to me, and I'll do the best I can. And forgive me if it sounds a little odd, but I don't really know what I'm doing. He said to me this morning, he said, you need the transwarp key to see. <laughs> That's what he said. I said, I need the transwarp key to see. Now, I have this transwarp key written into one of our documents back a little ways ago, but I'm just going to go over transwarp. What transwarp is, I think I'm going to try. Get this, and Jane, uh, you know, Elizabeth, you're going to really like this, but I mean, it's Star Trek. And I, didn't, I don't know anything about transwarp, but I'm going to just read to you what I found out in the tech manual of the Enterprise D blueprints. <laughs> I don't have anything else to go off of. I mean, I, it's the transwarp key that you need to see. So, I know that the Lord is saying there's, a, there's something in our mind in relating to the what that was to be, then agreeing with Quisadium that we're, we're um, agreeing with a celestial and terrestrial interchange, that now something's coming out of our eyes and what we see actually matters in the way that we view things. I, I, this is what I'm getting from him. And so in the Enterprise Blueprints, I'm just going to read you a little bit about what someone wrote it up. The warp is the Constitution class. It's a warp number cubed with a velocity relative to the speed of light. With the Enterprise having a max normal warp 12. Listed with an emergency max warp of 14. That's interesting to me because we're in phase 12 as a ministry, which is, I just thought, this is just interesting. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And then, but then they have this trans warp, which is the Excelsior class. It's technology enabling the ship to drop into an alternate dimension where time flows at a different rate. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, there's these different views on this, but basically it's, it's to be able to drop into another dimension. Now, at where time is flowing at a different rate. Now, I want to say this. Today, when we were worshiping, we had to get some cleaning done at the bronze labor. We, and y'all know what I mean. We did some cleanup. The Lord's like wants to deal with some stuff. We go through. You can feel the presence of the Lord shift in the room. We go through and we begin to experience the Lord. We came up to another place. And I'm trying to remember, I don't remember what Stephen was seeing, but he begins to literally say again what I'm seeing. I know that we're up sort of like pinging off the atmosphere and we're going to go through into another environment. 
And, um, and I know that we're going into another dimensional space. I, you know, I don't know how to explain that, but y'all are experiencing this same kind of movement in the room. We're moving into a place, I think, that is another time dimensional space, a, a different time. It would be like a trans world place. Sometimes when we've moved into that kind of environment here corporately before, they're very powerful experiences. We're, we're outside of the space-time continuum. We bumped up into an, another uh, place. We, we're, we're moving to that. Apparently, human beings, we were made to do that. When God created us in a Starfield astrocyte uh, modeling, we were made to interact with other dimensional spaces, and we were made to actually interact with the eternal which um, is the Olam that stands outside of all 12, uh, 12 dimensions. I'm under the impression that the word is saying there's a key to access the Olam, which means the eternal. That there are 12 dimensional spaces, but there's a, there's a key that accesses outside. I think that's what he's telling me today. And you can see how important it is uh, based off the context that I've set with the cues that we... We were brought into an alignment of celestial, terrestrial uh, navigation is brought into alignment. And we are agreeing with the Lord uh, corporately uh, for there to be a transition outside into or transwarp outside of another uh, dimension. The dimension that I believe the Lord lives in, the eternal, the eternal dimension, the, uh, the throne room uh, or the place where he's seated. In the case of the USS Excelsior, this person wrote, it's my understanding that trans warp stood for an experimental technology that allowed a ship to jump from standstill to any warp velocity the ship was capable of without having to accelerate through various levels. Everything that I, I do, and some of you know this, Kelsey especially knows it, I have all these tiers, and I have all these X2Ms, I have all these Apparently, transwarp can take you outside of any kind of level. What, what, what is the Lord saying to us today? And, I, and I'm going I'm to try to do this, and I'll break this down the best I can. He says this to me up there. Because I said, what is this? And he, he says this to me. The majesty I see. Quaint. You all know this word, quaint? It's, it's something of beauty or... Um, how did you say it to me, Kara, what quaint is? Do you remember? Simple, simple elegance. That's, that's how she said it to me, but it's a simple elegance. Um, it's, it's quaint. And so um, the way through, the way through, again, into, through the trans, or the trans work key is the, um, the experience of Seeing the simple elegance, the, the, the majesty, the glory, um, the kabod, the splendor of, of God. This today is based in perspective. The perspective being, what do you see? I mean, when we're looking at things, everyone knows the scripture says, Judge not lest ye be what? When we make a judgment or a look at something in this, let's say, temporary dimensional space, we can make a conclusion. Has anybody ever done that? Yeah. Everybody's done that. 
And some of those, they work out good sometimes. Most of the time, though, they don't go that well. We find out later, man, I, my, my view on that wasn't exactly right. The way I assess that situation, does anybody know what I'm saying? If you've been in any kind of leadership role or even as a parent, you're like, I remember Manny, my son, when he was young. And he's a bright, bright little guy. And he had gotten in trouble with me. And I, I went and I spanked him. And I said, you had this option or this option? And he's crying and everything. And he says, Daddy, there's a third option. <laughs> and he's smarter than me. And he presented to me a third option, and I didn't even see it. And oh man, I felt terrible. Because the third option was actually the option he had chosen, but I couldn't even see it. See, the, I didn't see right because I only saw those two options. I had got into seeing something from a perspective that was skewed. Now our perspective gets skewed so many times more than we know. We make assessments about other people. We make assessments about our own lives. We've assessed things. We look at them. We can get bent in a wrong attitude or, I mean, even a, sometimes a good attitude, but we can be completely off. I mean, would we all agree to that? Yeah. Have you ever been off? Yes, you have. Have you ever made wrong judgments? I mean, yes, all of us have. But see, the glory of Starfield Astrocyte is the Lord's wanting to bring us into such communion with Him, such Stadium of you know, transformation. We're so transformed that we begin to really see the majesty of what he sees. I don't think we'll retreat back into our shadow self when we begin. And I don't think we would treat other people sometimes maybe the way we have. We're all guilty. You know, and this is the part, and I believe it's coming out today because this message, I believe, is being set up by the Lord, even in the part, and to say, look, I'll liberate your conscience from the thing that you've done wrong because I want you to come into my perspective, the way that I view things. I see the beginning from the end. I need you to have a transwarp key. Adam had it, but he lost it, and he... He went lower and lower and lower and his judgment became skewed into something that became dark. It became so dark that Cain killed Abel. He couldn't see. He couldn't see what Abel was doing in his worship and offering to the Lord. And he, he became dark in his mind and he killed his own brother. Now, mankind became so colluded in our minds we couldn't see right. Now, I, I want to say that I believe that the Lord is calling us to to a new vision. To be able to see out of eyes like He does. And the, the difference in the way He views things. So the transwarp key is the key to see. And you need it. So, any of you ever worship the Lord and realize that the conflict you're in or the problem you're in seems to be completely different in a worship set than it does previously to what you were experiencing? You ever been with someone and you're in something's just not right and you go to worship the Lord and then all of a sudden you're like what was I thinking it's because this worship of God when we're moving through those environments is bringing us into another dimensional space that is showing us that this reality that we thought was reality was off our family my wife and I we 
had to learn. What Karen and I had to learn. We had to learn to worship Him. We had to learn. And I'm not saying we're like perfect at it. But we had to learn that our mindset, the way we're thinking about things so many times is just no matter what we can do and talk about or go through, we're missing something. But we get into family worship or we get above that, what? We're moving into a trans war. Moving into something from a different perspective. What is the trans warp key? Again, it's the majesty that I see. What am I seeing? Am I beholding God's glory? Am I beholding the greatness of God? Am I seeing His heart and is His heart manifesting itself through me? Well, yes. That's what He intends. In the Transwarp Key, I wrote this back at X2M 144 series when we are in Star Child. And I'm just going to give you something for a little bit of notes. And then, and then we'll see what the Word does with us next week in the next queue. But in my notes, uh, in my Star Child notes, I had realized that the Transwarp Key of David uh, put this together. It came in three parts. And so maybe today X2M 163 Maybe maybe the three parts of the transwarp key or matters, but I, I realized something about this, and this is I think this is where I've had some struggle with how to lead this ministry and what are we doing, and just my own thing about going forward together is first, second, and third. When we're receiving this majesty and looking through these a lens, apparently there's three different aspects of the lens that we look through. So there's a personal lens. There's a lens that God comes through in transwarp outside dimension that relates to you as an individual. It's personal to your own life. Now, I think the reason why the Word saying you need a transwarp key to see is because we can get this material sort of mixed up because there's a personal narrative that the Word will speak to us, and sometimes we can take the personal narrative and apply it wrongly into a corporate solution or something even greater than that. And so the Lord, when He's saying this key matters, it matters when this material is coming to us from the Lord in another dimension that we're able to separate out these three things. One, personal. Number two... Your life has a greater importance than just your individual self. It matters in a, a corporate sense. And so there's a way that your life is involved in a greater perspective. I, the way I put it together was national. And that there's something that God has for you uh, that's coming through this other dimension that relates to you that sits outside of just you as a person but relates to a corporate host of people or other entities or people that he relates to you through those. And then thirdly, the Lord relates to you multinationally, actually multiculturally, or even, let's say, I don't know, cosmically. He, he has a relating that he's doing with us that's, uh, you know, like I said, I put this like personal, national, international. Because there's a part of all of us that the Lord wants to unlock this, not just, again, individual 
But it has a larger meaning to a larger group of consortium of people. But then he wants to take it out multinationally. I was asking him, well, how do I say this? I, I don't know how to say the transwarp key. I don't know how to explain it. And um, he, he said, you know, remember in Acts that you would go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. That, that our life has meaning in those realities that are outside of our present uh, milieu. And so, so in the transwarp key or the majesty I see that when we move in that dimensional space and maybe when, when we move into this as corporately or that you're doing this at home, asking the Lord, I've come into that place with you, Lord. And um, how are you speaking to me as an individual? How are you speaking uh, to me corporately or, or nationally or as it relates to uh, my work or my business or my ministry? And then how are you relating that on an international level? Because the, the Lord, again, wants to unlock these three components in all of us. Um, I haven't put you to sleep yet, have I? It's, I know this is interesting. Uh, I think I find it interesting myself. Um, what is the majesty that I see? What is the... What is my outcome? What is my view? I would like to say that this has been so colluded inside of man, attempting to draw us into a place of fear, to blind our eyes by anger, to keep us from seeing what the majesty that he sees. The majesty of the work that is going on in our life to bring us down into a lower form. You know, some people reported to me, that, oh, I leave these events, I go back, I'm struggling again. You know, I was flying high and then I'm back into a struggle again. It doesn't have to be that way. You, you hear in your mind, like this thing is, um, I'm going to get in the transwarp key and I'm going to hold this what? This one thing. It has to be majestic. That what God sees when He made me, when He created me, He sees something of majesty, of setting His glory in me. He has something special going on here. It's, it has to be that it is majestic. It, it has to be. And that any other kind of thing, because the quaint I see needs to be this simple elegance. And if it's not, I need to draw it into question. If it's something that's leading to just a terrible thing, it's bad, I need to draw it into question. I need to say, is that the word of the Lord to me or is that something else? Is that a lower form of information that's coming into my mind trying to tell me something different than what is outside through the transwarp key? Paul says, you know, in Corinthians, he says, he says, and I mentioned this last week, but he says, if the glory that was on Moses' face had to be veiled, how much greater will the glory be the glory of the ministry of the Spirit that's being unveiled to us and in us? How much greater? He said he will excel in glory. The Lord is wanting to upgrade our perspective. I'm, and I think this is what's coming. I, I don't know about next week, but I get this thing from the Lord 
that what you see will be. There is such a power in what God has given us as human beings that you literally can change the reality of the world around you based out of what you see. You see famine, death, brokenness, heartache. Do you know what's going to happen around you? Why don't we just like, let's stand together. Let's just say like this, like, I need the transwork key of David. I want the transwork key that sees what you are saying and see so that out of me, what I see will be. <laughs> and I'm a poet and didn't know it. That what I see will be. And that maybe I've been interacting with perspective and process and concepts that have been outside of the trans work key. And they've been like fielding my life and telling me an alternative story plan. You guys imagine how devastating this would be to go to the Lord one day and realize the life that we were meant to live and then find out. I think that's why it says he'll wipe every tear from our eyes. But he's like, you had that life for me. Yes, I picked that life for you. But I didn't see that at all. I didn't have no clue. He's like, I was trying to talk to you. I was trying to come through and interact with you. I, all this stuff was getting in between us. I sent my son so that the blood would cover everything. I didn't want you to keep retreating back. Just come back out and be quick reversal. Trust me, we got this thing. We'll do this thing together. It's exciting. We're going to have a good time. So you mean that it, you had put in me a, a brain and the mind of Christ that I could transmit out of my own understanding with you reality. That I could change the world around me based on what I see. That, that's what he's saying through quake I see. That what I see has to come in to reality. Uh, God says about him, it says that what he said, he saw. He said, let there be light. And he saw that it was good. And what came, this is why the Lord's part in our mouth and our, our words, why? Because he wants to recreate. He can do this. He can take what has literally been destructive, divisive, disconnected, disconcerted, and literally rewrite code. What he's doing though, he's like, I'm inviting you into the majesty and the glory of what I see. So that out of you, living, breathing people, you can transmit it onto the environment surrounding, change the world. How big is the vision of God? I mean, for you. Well, it's personal, it's national, it's international. Uh, it's, meant, it's meant to change the world. You are meant to change the world. You are. You have an international life sitting inside of you. You have great ex exploration built in you that eventually we'll be going into other planets of the galactic world. We have so much in right here, the kingdom of God within us, ready to unpack. I'm going to change my mind and I pray that you'll change your mind to see the majesty that he sees so that it'll become what it is. I mean, even, on, even the physicists have proven that this is true. The problem is the Lord never wanted us to 
use that conscious that, that consciousness wrongly. He wanted us to relate with Him, and then the Father would relate with us, and then still do the same thing where we're transmitting the kingdom out of ourselves by light and changing the atmosphere around us. Not giving in to perspective or ideas that don't come from the Father. Majesty, I see. The Queen, I see. Our new perspective. Our new transwarp key. Up into the heavens. Finding what heaven is saying. Transmitting heaven to earth. Jesus did all the time. He, that's the way he lived his life. He saw. When that fig tree didn't bloom in season, he said, Cursed be you, curse the fig tree. Because it's supposed to be given life. It's like, well, it's supposed to be given life all the time, according to the Lord. He wanted it to be constantly regenerating life. When everybody was trying to get fixated in the temple and try to shut, uh, build the temple in a certain way and it wasn't related to the Father, he got a whip out. Why? He's tired of seeing, uh, the Lord doesn't want to see people uh, broken down and uh, living a life like that when he wanted to give us everything it's, it's not his desire yeah the queen I see simple elegance just the simple majesty of the Lord let's come together uh, for communion let's have communion together
Wayne I see would just manifest itself in our conscious mind, the way we treat others, the way we view things, the way we're viewing our life right now. The Lord was so transfigured, our understanding. It would be just like what He sees. I pray over you that your testimony would be true, like His is, and that the integrity of what you perceive for Him and who He is would be just what He is. And that you would stand true to whatever He's saying in your life. You would hold the line. And that God's glory, and that you will see, you will see the manifestation of the majesty of God in your life. Even as today, that you made a decision. But that's what I see. This the Queen. I see. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you. The Lord be gracious to you. And the Lord give you peace. Amen. the night. 